Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 125th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. Now, if you're a fan of the show, you might have remembered someone who has gray hair and a gray beard said, oh, we got a big thing planned for 125. Well, plans change because Al Manorino, our ever intrepid managing editor and co-host, found himself in Miami. I don't know if he's ever coming back, to be honest with you. Well, he's having a second kid, so he probably has to come back. But let's just say he has been in a state of drunk for like two weeks. And um, I might have to lead a Delta Force-like operation to get him out of there. Uh, But I do have a special episode because I've got two of our most beloved guests and, of course, one of our new co-hosts on the episode. So joining me. Of course, you know her as our resident Star Wars aficionado, the general manager of Thunder Rosa's Mission Pro Wrestling. Amanda Rivas is back on the podcast. And before you say anything, Amanda, all I want to say is the Dallas Cowboys are in the basement of the NFC East. You are one of my favorite people. But to Cowboys Nation, I just say this for one week and one week only. Suck it, Cowboys. Suck it. (laughs) Because this doesn't always happen for us Giants fans or Commanders fans. Because joining us is our favorite commander. He just got married in Las Vegas. I think he went to a rave two hours before his wedding. Potentially at a pool. Wild times. Ben Murkison is back on the podcast as well. And you will sometimes hear a cameo from a very special little boy, Seth Rivas, that's what I'm going to call him, will also be on the podcast. So guys, it's episode 125. I couldn't think of two better people to have on. How are y'all doing? Doing well. Yeah, I mean, speaking about 10-day benders, I was definitely on one of those myself. So I'm uh, I'm recovering nicely now. And a commander's win to go 1-0, what a better way to start back to normal life if they consider that normal. I'm, uh, I'm ecstatic. I'm so sorry, Amanda, though. For, uh-huh. Yeah. Y'all have that fantasy voodoo doll yeah. is what it is. Well, we it's a fantasy also, football voodoo doll. We also Y'all have do. to talk about the, uh, which is now <laughs> called the Michael Bay Cup 7. Of course, last year, the Orange Cassidy's my team uh, with an all-time win over our podcast editor and producer, Lucas B. Jones, who last year said to me, I'm so glad you beat Al because I know I can beat your team and win the title. Little did that bearded man know old grandpa here would kick his ass uh, with the likes of Amon Ra St. Brown and Daryl Williams, who I picked up 20 minutes before the championship game. Um, but right now we're in Michael Bay Cup 7. I am in first place, uh, followed by uh, nipping on my heels, the Taylor Swifts. Yeah, the Taylor Swift's. Managed by Ben. And unfortunately, Amanda, much yeah. like her <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, is sitting in 10th place at Weed M Boys. Uh, Amanda, we have to say that Ben and I were cursing you throughout the draft because you took about six people we wanted, but maybe we should be thanking you. Uh, yeah, apparently everyone's injured on my. <laughs> I've been cursed by uh, injuries left and right with Mitchell, and now you know Evans is questionable, and I need Giselle to leave Brady alone. And uh, <laughs> you know, uh, 
That's what I get for naming my team after the Dallas Cowboys and having it fronted by Tampa Bay. That's that's on me. But. No, just fronted by Tom Brady. So it's a lot. Yeah. Of, it's a lot of douchery going. Yeah, on. it is. You're automatically eliminated from the playoffs as soon as you associate with the Cowboys after week one. So, but all I have to say is, we them boys try. <laughs> Thank God you're one of our favorite people, or you would have never come back to this podcast. Also, just a big shout out to Marshall Stevenson. Uh, for his Philadelphia Eagles. And thank you guys for making Miles Sanders fantasy relevant again for me. Um, But we are not here to talk fantasy football, although these two will be rejoining us for our NFC East group therapy session at some point this season, along with Al and Marshall and maybe some other special guests. Who knows? Maybe we'll just bring up more people for more chaos. But we are talking this week is the big news coming out of D23. Now, if you listen to my other podcast on the breakcast feed, Bill versus the MCU, we had a, Alex Marcus and I had a special bonus episode, which is really long, and we talked about everything Marvel. But because we have Ben and Amanda on this week, we are going to be talking about everything Lucasfilm. That includes Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and Willow. And speaking of Willow, that's where we're going first. The transitions I make on this are just goddamn beautiful. It's like LeBron in his prime with a crossover. It's great. No, it's not. So, of course, Willow is going to be a Disney Plus series, which is going to be premiering around Thanksgiving weekend. Um, I don't really know how many episodes this is going to be. We're going to assume between the six to eight that we're usually going to have. Not the Daredevil one where it's like 94 episodes. It spans across three years. Uh, My daughter will be in high school by the time season one ends. So, guys, uh, let's start with our relationship with Willow. I mean, the film came out in the mid to late 80s. Um, I can tell you that uh, my dad rented it when I was sick one time and the opening scene with the wolves or wolf like beasts are chasing uh, a family through the forest scared the living shit out of me. And I did not watch this movie probably for about five to six years uh, later. I was, I maybe even longer. I think I was in second grade. I think it took me to like seventh grade to actually watch the film. So Willow scarred me so hard. Uh, but ultimately, is a movie I ended up loving, but I'll be honest with you. I probably haven't watched this movie in 20 plus years. So uh, Amanda, my co-host, my co-pilot, you know, gold six gold leader. I'm going to call you gold leader. I like it. I like it. Gold leader. What's your, what's your relationship with Willow? I think it's much richer than I mine. So assuming you didn't get the shit scared out of you by the opening. Well, I have to say it. I was, I think like four when it came out. Cause it came out in what? 88. I think yeah. is when it, when it came out. So I, I think I just had my cousin rented it and I watched it with her and we thought, Oh, okay. It's, it's, you know, it shouldn't be that scary. It shouldn't be, she's, and my cousin's older than I am. So um, we watched it and that, yeah, that opening sequence just, Oh my gosh. I was like, this is so as a little kid, I was like, wow, this is terrifying. But I finished, I made it through the movie. I mean, the, the, you know, the first, the first run through the, you know, the, the weird dog things like scared me, the troll changing into the monster and that whole, like the, just the visual aspect of that change happening was terrifying to me. And then the pigs, everyone turning into the pigs. I was like, this movie is intense. And I didn't watch it again probably until see I was probably like maybe like a few years later I, I I watched it and still got scared 
but I was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I liked it a little bit more, but it wasn't until probably about five or six years ago that I was like, I'm going to pick it up and watch it again because I was looking for something to watch, something to do. And, um, I really going into it really, really liked it watching it. I've watched it a few times since in fact, I watched it probably a couple of months ago just because of the announcement with the show. And it really is just a great eighties fantasy film. Just, you know, it, it kind of embodied like the, I'm a, I'm a big Shannara fan, Terry Brooks, Shannara series. So that, that eighties, you know, even with like the He-Man and the Conan, it just, just that eighties fantasy vibe and just really looking at it. I mean, the story was really good. The characters are engaging and it had a really diverse cast at the time too, that you just don't really think about. It was just, I thought it was a very forward thinking film and it has everything, you know, it has humor. It has, you know, the, the romantic side with Sorsha and, and Mad Mortigan and just, you know, um, again, the thrilling, the kind of the, the you know, the thrilling, uh, you know, like the fight scenes and like the, you know, even the end, even uh, the, the evil queen. I mean, just just so much intensity. It was such a really well-rounded movie. And I feel like, you know, I had to be older to appreciate it. And it, it really is one of those movies that just, I feel like never got a fair shake. So I'm glad that the, sh- the show is out and it's having people either rediscover Willow um, or going to look at it for the first time. And I think really getting what a good fantasy film is, in my opinion. And just to remind people, yes, this did come out in 1988 for those who were like, oh, I don't really know too much about it before we get to Ben. Of course, the starred was directed by Ron Howard, produced yeah. by George Lucas. Um, and it was uh, it was the story was a George Lucas story it stars Warwick Davis. You might know it was Wicked. He was in Harry Potter. He was uh, it was he, he's one of the most famous little person actors of all time. Val Kilmer was in the lead as Mad Mardigan. Joan Wally, who would then become Joan Wally Kilmer was played Sorsha. Kevin Pollack was in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Tony Cox, who you might know from uh, a million different movies. Uh, he was also in this. Uh, so yeah, this was a, a very famous film, of course. Uh, and then you had the character Burgle Cut, which is a name that has stuck with me for my entire life. <laughs> uh, yes. But Ben, what's your uh, relationship with Willow? Yes. I mean, I was, I was only, two uh at the time that it came out so i didn't watch it as a young young child but it was one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid i do remember that you know we did that old school thing where you just recorded it off the tv onto a vhs tape and i had it to rewatch over and over and over so i've seen it a ton of times um and i feel like it's it's a story that really still holds up uh even if some of the stop motion stuff maybe does it now when you go back and rewatch it you know maybe with the dragons and the trolls and the the pig transformations but for the time it was great um, I mean, Val Kilmer to me still is, and definitely was in this movie, like the epitome of cool. Oh, yeah. um, Bad Morning mm-hmm. was just such an awesome character. And it's a movie that's like a perfect, like Amanda was saying, uh, 80s blend of like action adventure. You know, there's comedy with like the brownies and stuff in there, making some cool jokes. And, you know, this fantasy world and all this type of stuff with, with great characters. Um, but then it's also, you know, as Bill, you were talking about, it's it's dark at times, like extremely dark and scary for, you know, if you're looking at it from a kid's perspective. But uh, I think that makes it into a great movie and, and definitely one of my my favorites from the era. I think given that we all love Matt Mortigan and kind of, I guess, to segue into the to the new show now, how do you think this is, do y'all think this is going to work without 
Mad Morgan, since he's such a key character, do we do we see Val Kilmer at all in the show? I feel like I'd read something that he was supposed to be involved in some capacity. I don't know if that means he's going to physically be on screen or if they're just going to reference him. And then I know that there's some, I mean, if we're talking about it, freaking Christian Slater is a part of this in some capacity. Yeah, just announced at yeah. D23. I'm so glad I put that in my notes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, he's like one of my, Broken Arrow to me is one of my favorite movies ever. Like <laughs> We've talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> so like anything Christian Slater, I'm get like, heck yeah. Uh, I popped you with Christian Slater there. So nice. I'm, uh, yes, I'm excited probably. about him being a part of it. So I think that they're going to, you know, between him and um, Omar Patel, like, I feel like they're going to have a couple of different people, actors and characters try to you know pick up the mantle, I guess, that, you know, Val Kilmer probably isn't able to do for this particular film. I don't know if you can replace him. I don't think you can, but you can try to, you know, make some of the nuances and get bits and pieces of it. I think the Armar Patel character is really like, especially in that one scene. And then he's like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? It's like, chain him up. He's like, you're thinking exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, well, yeah, you're mad, Mark. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But it's like kind of a different vibe uh, because he's more of just like, you know, he, I don't know. He's, (laughs) it seems a little more like a scumbag as like mad Mardigan was like, had the false, you know, just had the fronts, like where he was a false bravado. He was more of a con man, whereas he's more of just like, I don't know. It just kind of seems like a, a hot mess. Um, but here's my question. We, we watched this trailer. We're going to be coming off Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Year before we had Wheel of Time. And we, you know, I know it's not as a Jace as the other ones, but we're also going to have House of the Dragon uh, finished up. Are we a little epic out a bit, especially like let's get a team together to go find something because while house of the dragon isn't that yet um, it's definitely, that's what rings of power is going to be. And that's what uh, wheel of time was. I know both, I know different mediums and stuff, but is that, is it, are we getting to a little bit of super saturation with that in such a short period of time? I don't think so myself, just because Willow is such a different story. Um, and is such a, I feel like even though, yes, it's a fan, it's all the fantasy genre, all three shows have very, they have, and they do have common themes, but they do tell very different stories and they're all iconic stories. And I think as long as the storytelling continues to remain well, and they don't try to change things up to compete with each other in a sense where it loses, I guess each show loses its originality. As long as you keep the originality, I think, I think we'll be, we'll be okay. Um, I think it helps to have like a built-in audience. I think for one of these to work, you have to have a built-in audience already. So there are tons of people, you know, like us that have watched the original, watched Willow and are excited to see some of these characters return uh, and play out. So I think that there's been plenty that have also tried to do the same story, like a group of people coming together to, you know, go on an adventure together and they really not even become like something that people are watching like they fail pretty quickly so there's only a few that can succeed at doing this but i think willow's got enough of a built-in audience already to to be one that's successful yeah i i mean i i just i'm curious as i'm gonna watch it but i'm curious how audiences will react because it is a lot of fantasy of high fantasy we've just had but willow like you were saying amanda there's a different vibe to it it's like it's like Warwick Davis's character has just like this warmth to it that I don't yeah. think that we saw in yet Lord of the Rings and uh, and definitely did not see in Wheel of Time, which Wheel of Time, I think many people ha- are not talking about because 
I don't know if it's ever going to come back. Um, like, I don't know if it was ever renewed. So that's one thing. And let's talk about the rest of the cast real quick. Um, Aaron um, Kellyman is going to be, and Tony Revolori, two very recognizable faces, of course, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Of course, Tony Revolori first got his huge break with Wes Anderson's Grand Budapest Hotel, and then, of course, became Flash Thompson in all the Spider-Man movies. Of course, I just watched No Way Home like, <laughs> the first time and then Aaron Kellyman was uh the the quote-unquote well she wasn't the villain she was the antagonist let's just say of Falcon and the Winter Soldier those are two pretty big recognizable names that have kind of been pigeonholed into certain types of roles are you guys looking are these two cast members you're looking forward to or who is it in the cast that you're kind of amped to see on screen in the willow verse we'll call it yeah, I just made that up now. I like it, though. I like the Willowverse. I like that. It's better um, than that Jeff Hardy Willow, because that's a whole please. verse. Yeah. <laughs> let's go there again. Yeah, let's not go there. Um, I really like Erin right off the bat. I mean, I thought she was one of the strongest parts yeah. of Falcon and Winter Soldier, for sure. Um, to see her in a, outside of the genre. All right. It's still, again, fantasy, but like to see her more in a high fantasy role. Um, and something outside of the zone that we've seen her in, I think would be really, really exciting to see. Um, I'm always excited to see Joanne too, Joanne Wally. I like to, you know, she. I can't remember the last thing I saw her in. The last thing I recall seeing her in was a not very good version of Scarlet based on the Gone with the Wind uh, oh movie. Oh God, I do. He was wow. Scarlet. Yeah. Wow. That's the last thing I recall seeing her in. Sister and Maggie, Sister Maggie and Daredevil, actually. Oh, that's right. She oh, was in okay. Daredevil. She was, that's right. I was like, what else have I seen her in? But I mean, it's always nice to see her get screen time because I feel like, you know, she's a she's still she's always been solid, but just and I feel like she's always a very consistent actress. She may not be flashy yeah. over the top have a huge performance or he, you know, or is not as maybe as well known, but in her performances, she delivers. And she, I feel like no matter what role she's taken on. And so I'm always excited to see her, um, see her on the screen. I'm just, and I'm just excited to see Warwick. He just gives me the warm fuzzies and I love him. I just love him. Just an update on Scarlet. I forgot that existed, but Timothy Dalton was her co-star. Yes. This red, the red Butler character. Wow. I do yeah. now I remember that <laughs> summer CBS was like, we are going to promote the shit out of this. Yes. Oh man. What a time to be alive. <laughs> TV movies in the summer were an epic mini series event. Uh, ben, what about you? Any of the cast sticking out that you're uh, super, you're excited for? I mean, uh, the the Christian Slater? yeah, I mean, obviously Christian Slater. I don't know what capacity is going to be, but I'm just excited to see him come on and all Not the returning the characters. Yeah, all the returning characters so far, too. Um, but then I know, you know, looking over the cast list, so Ralph Anderson is, uh, like, big and imposing and has, like, that voice. He's obviously going to be probably, like, the, the main muscle. I think his character is called Commander Valentine. So he's probably going to be the big bad that they're facing, like, uh, more physical presence, uh, which would make sense. Uh, he's always good in everything that he does. So be cool. But I just want to see this blend of people together because it's a big cast list and, uh, you know, mixture of the old and the new. Uh, getting Kevin Pollock back there is one of the brownies is going to be fun. Actually, yeah. it's both of the original brownies. Yeah, Are they both? Them. I couldn't tell because yes. I couldn't see. The other guy wasn't talking. I, was yeah, so I read that on Wikipedia. It's both of them. That's what I'm excited for, that they actually, yes. that's sure that'll be one episode. But it is cool that they will go back to that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. And we also now get the daughter of Mad Mardigan 
and Sersha are gonna is gonna be, and they they kind of put that right out the gate. So I think that's pretty cool. I don't know how long we're gonna, that doesn't bode well for Sersha. I'm gonna say that when her daughter goes on a quest, you're like, ah, she's either dead or captured. So uh, let's hope uh, let's hope she makes it out. So guys, let's move on to our next segment. We're gonna be talking about Indiana Jones Five. Now we don't have its Indiana Jones and just yet. Now, at D23, and if you're not familiar with D23, D23 is a huge multi-day expo from Disney where they show off everything they had. Disney Parks, Pixar, Disney Animation, Lucasfilm, Marvel. We had a ton of, ton of announcements through every aspect of this company. One of them was Indiana Jones 5, and the people there were lucky enough to see a trailer. Those dicks. Uh, but, you know, they also paid a lot of money to be there. So let's start off with, we've never discussed Indiana Jones on this podcast, like ever, uh, maybe in passing once. Here's the question. Do you guys think we really need another Indiana Jones movie with near 80-year-old Harrison Ford in the lead? This question is also, a.k.a., did you really hate the Crystal Skull, and do we want to just move past it? So just let's make up for it. Uh, ben, you were shaking your head uh, very, very enthusiastically. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts, please. Did we need Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? No, but we got it anyway. So now we need this to try to fix it and end things on a high note. Uh, I think if we ended on Indiana Jones forward like that, would be a real shame because uh, this is. Iconic character. The first three movies are fantastic. Um, I don't even feel like, well, to me, they're fantastic. You might have a different opinion, but uh, I don't even, I don't feel like the crystal skull even was a terrible movie. Uh, it had like, there were bits of it that were great. Um, you know, bringing back Karen Allen uh, as Marion was fantastic. Harrison Ford was able to step back into Indiana Jones character, just like he was able to step back into Han Solo uh, rather seamlessly to me. I think that it just, it went completely off the rails right in that jungle sequence when they start Tarzan swinging on vines and sword fighting on jeeps and there's giant ants and then they're going over waterfalls. It's just, it fell apart. If they could have just redone that entire 20 to 30 minute segment, it wouldn't have been as bad a movie as I think ultimately it is. And that's all it's really remembered for in my mind. Um, so yeah, they, they needed this one so that they can hopefully give it a solid, respectable ending. And then, you know, Harrison Ford can move on and we can all move on. Yeah, I mean, he's got to move on to the new Yellowstone series that he's doing. Which I love Yellowstone. I mean, oh, we'll have to I, try I'm, and get Ben a screener for that one. Oof, uh, please do. Uh, Amanda, I think I know. I think, uh, by the way, Ben. I'm not a big Temple of Doom guy, but it is way better than Crystal Skull. Kalima. <laughs> I have Kalima, that. Kalima, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, first of all, I just want to say, did anybody see the picture of Harrison Ford in short round? Yeah. Getting the, the, re, the reunited picture. I think it's Kate. Um, I can never, I cannot say his name correctly, but Kate. Well, um, oh, don't, don't ask me. I'm yeah. just gonna call. I'm just gonna call hey, him. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I that made me so happy. <laughs> For one thing, I was like, I, I'm okay with this because I just got that moment. But, but this is probably the part I've been most mixed on because I feel like I, you know I do agree with Ben to a certain extent that because they made Crystal Skull 
we need this movie to fix it. <laughs> I, this is not where you want to leave Indiana Jones, I, I feel like. And I, I loved the first three. You know, I loved Temple of Doom, loved Raiders of the Lost Ark in particular. The first two, I just I, I, I just loved them all. Last Crusade, all that. I just, it, I think I just have a lot of heartburn because I'm like, what era are they going to place this new movie in? Because Indiana Jones is such, and I, I, I say that because of at least what I've seen with Mads Mikkelsen's, Mikkelsen's look so far, looks a little bit modern-ish for an Indiana Jones movie, at least from what I've seen. And I don't know if that's accurate or how, you know, so I'm just hoping that they leave the, that's what makes Indiana Jones so great is because it's an 80, it has that 80s feel and the the style, the look that Indy has, as long as I think they leave that kind of retro vibe and not try to modernize it so much. Um, it's just one of those that I almost feel like it's hard to get the time frame right. Like it's a hard character to age because he's so iconic and because that, the era is so that the movies take place in is so makes it makes it what it is i guess um i'm so mixed because i i don't like seeing indie age <laughs> and i think that's why i've had the hardest part you know with han and star wars they're able to do that well because of where where he shows up in the story as much as i don't like the last trilogy you know at least they aged him appropriately yes they did they did. And you can't, it's such a challenge to do that with Indy. It really is. I feel like Harrison Ford is still trying to be the young guy. He was trying to be making these movies. And I, I feel like if this movie accounts for that properly, the kind of aging him, kind of senior statesman, if they're going to pass the torch, do it to somebody who's worthy. Um, well, I don't think you can, well, I don't think you can recast Indy. You can't do it. You no. cannot do it. Um, I, not there was, if you guys remember, there was Chris Pratt was a huge yeah. after Guardians. Everyone, there was a huge push for Chris Pratt. And I, I want to say, I could be wrong. I don't remember because the, there was also that push Gerard Butler. I think mm. might have been pushed there, but he was more pushed for two other roles that I was like Snake Plissken in Escape, yeah. from, Escape from New York remake. Uh, yeah. And uh, so, but there is possibly a torch being passed in this movie because. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, star of Fleabag, writer and contributor on No Time to Die, is being is in the cast as Indiana Jones's goddaughter. So, and I'm going to go to Wikipedia real quick because they have a kind of different description of the goddaughter, which um, I'll, as an actress, going to play. They're saying she is Helena, goddaughter of Indiana Jones. And John Williams described her, of course, uh, composer, as an adventurer and a femme fatale. So that's interesting. Will Indy be passing the torch at some point? It doesn't mean we're going to get another movie, but would he be passing the hat and the whip to his goddaughter? I think that makes for an extremely interesting into the movie and a world you could spin off into. There's no reason we have to continue the Indiana Jones adventures. 
remember there were the young Indiana Jones adventures. Yeah, I do. I was gonna say, and I love Sean Patrick Flannery in that. Like, <laughs> it was, yeah, I was like Ben's, like I had the hat and the coat. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, like, I was just gonna say, like you can do, you know, Indiana Jones still, but you have to go back to young Indiana Jones, or you just keep, or Phoebe Waller Bridge has her own series, and you stay within that mystique, that 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 environment of Indiana Jones, because it's so such an the fact that we watch these movies that are set around World War II, um, obviously the second one's set during World War One, and we just get into the fifties for well, we forget the fourth movie. Uh, but you know, it's set during that time, but it's so timeless that the fact is, I, Last Crusade is on TV like all the time now. Mm-hmm. Like Showtime, for some reason, was like we're just going to show all the Indiana Jones movies for like a month, and I'm just like, when's Last Crusade on? Cool, I'll watch it. I would love to see that dynamic of Sean, Harrison Ford in the Sean Connery role and Phoebe Waller-Bridge more in the Harrison Ford role. I think that would work really well. And that's what they definitely tried to do with Shia LaBeouf. What's funny how much older like Harrison Ford is than Sean Connery was in Last Crusade. Yeah. 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 Uh, Very much older. I have to say, I do like the idea of a female lead. I mean, the only... I hate to relate it to because in the video game lore, you can, people are mixed on it. I think sometimes, but you know, that's where Laura Croft comes in. You have that. I feel like right. that franchise was so successful. I personally enjoyed it. Um, sure. You know, and it, it, because you have that female adventurer. And so, I mean, it, it, in the video game world and even in the movies with Angelina Jolie mixed as, as some of the movies are, yep. um, you know, you, you can prove that that formula can work. And I, I feel like maybe, you know, having an, again, another strong female adventurer, I think it's a it's a safer approach than trying to recast Indy altogether. Just having another Indiana Jones that's like the wish version of Indiana Jones because you you just can't recreate the magic that Harrison Ford has with that character. And it's just you can tell how much he loves it's his love. <laughs> I mean, that he cried. Planes and crashing them. Yeah, yeah. But he he cried. He cried. I I, I watched a little bit of the kind of his speech and he cried through. So like he got emotional or like got very, I mean, you could just tell the love he has for Indiana Jones. And it's, it's really hard to replicate that. I think passing it male to male, I think again, given a, given a good female, strong female adventurer, that would be something neat to watch. I'd be, Let's, I'd be interested. I'm going to throw out a question I didn't give to you guys before. Does Indiana Jones ride off into the sunset or does he die? Oh, <gasps> I think he rides off into the sunset. I think that's I agree. we can't crush America. Yeah, I don't think you can kill him. I think you know he was all about kill Han Solo, please. Kill yeah, me, please. that made more sense. Yeah, that he never did. wanted to die as Indiana Jones. No, I think he goes off into the sunset too. Let's talk about this cast though. This cast is like, and I'm gonna say it, this is the best cast they've ever had. And Kate Blanchett was in that really bad one. Um the cats right the cast right now, the aforementioned Phoebe Waller Bridge, the aforementioned Mads Mickelson, Thomas Kreshman, who was Baron Strucker in the MCU, of course, was also in King Kong. Uh, Boyd Holbrook, who was really great in the Sandman. Um, yes. he was so good. Seanette Renee Wilson, who I didn't look up who she what she's done. Um, she was in uh, Black Panther Billions and a kid like Jake. Uh, she was part of the Dora Milaje in Black Panther and is a uh, on the resident. Oh, that's that really crappy Fox series uh, with that guy from uh, 
uh, that show. I forgot. It's Gilmore Girls. Uh, Toby Jones, Antonio Banderas, and Olivier Richters. I do not know Olivier Richters. I apologize. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go say that uh, they are in undisclosed roles at this point. Um, guys, is this the end? We found out Sala is going to be returning. To me, as played by John Reese davies of course, if they're going out, they're going out in the best. That has the strongest cast, I think, of all time for Indiana Jones. What do you guys think about that amalgam? Is it too much? Or is this like, this got you like, okay, when is the when are the tickets going on sale? Amanda, I'll start with you. I'm here ready to buy tickets. As soon as I found out, you know, um, Robert was in it too. I love Mads for one thing. He's, I mean, Hannibal, he's fantastic. You know, start, of course, you know, of course we'll, we'll talk Andor in a little bit, but you know, Rogue One, you know, even this little part is Galen Urso was still very, of course. um, was, was still very, very captivating. Um, and yeah, the, as soon as I was like, okay, Robert's in this, I'm, I'm here. Cause I loved him in Sandman, loved him. I'm just like, ah, all the star power here. I just, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. I, I just, I feel like it's going to, this is going to be a fun ride and it's going to have again with strong, a strong cast. I think this is going to be a great way either to segue into a new part of the indie universe or the indieverse. Should we call it that? Let's call it that. Why not? <laughs> uh, and, and also I think give Harrison Ford a, a chance to redeem and kind of hopefully go out on a higher note and get the crystal skull out of everyone's the, you know the, the bad taste of that out of people's taste because i did not care for that movie at all <laughs> I, I wonder if he oh he doesn't have it right he never has it in the end right no the crystal skull is gone right that's what i remember because i'm just like i was like i could see him just, it out you know. I, yeah i, could see I watched it, like, it the one time as a joke to see him as it has as a paperweight <laughs> that would be hilarious but he did give that it back and then ray winstone with one of the worst supporting characters of all time uh with his quadruple turn oh what shit movie uh ben uh what do you think of this cast is it a little too much or uh you think this is just this is we're getting something epic here no i give a really bad pun but i'm jonesing for some more indiana i think this is going to be this is going to hopefully be good the cast is not going to be the problem i think that just got an excellent cast and it's it's people that are like, they're famous, they're well-known, they've been in things, but they're also kind of chameleon actors where they can blend into these roles and you won't be lost. Like just staring at them. Like that's Brad Pitt. Like he's not supposed to be an Indiana Jones type deal. I think that works. And then bringing Sala as a character back in, like kind of grounds it, brings it back to the nostalgia of the originals. You don't have short round, but if you're going to get somebody else back, you got Sala back in there. So. I mean, if they did though, I mean, that'd be cool if you did pop up in some capacity. I mean, maybe maybe he's a sneak surprise. You never know. I mean, he was there. They had there's the picture. There. There he was, was, there's he the was picture. there because he's going to be in the second season of Loki. But yeah, that doesn't but... mean doesn't exactly. mean he can't be. And if he does pop up, oh, oh yeah. boy, whoa boy, yeah. that's going to be that's going to be something else. As long as they don't bring I, Cape Capshaw back. I'm I I will be crying. I'm not going to lie. I will be if he shows up and I get all three. I get short round Sala and. Indy, I'm going to cry. I'm just going to put it out there. I guess the other question is, uh, I wonder if Marion does come back, even if it's for a minute. I would I would hope so. I thought she was good and that she added to the story. Yeah, like, in the last one. one of the best parts of that movie. My, my only concern, I don't know if you guys have read this 
theory that the the main central part of this one is it's going to involve time travel in some capacity, which I really hope it doesn't because that would kind of ruin it for me. But they've had like a lot of stills taken from filming and they're like in different looking eras. And that would take me out of it right away. So I or, uh, unless they do time out. hopping in the story and it's not exactly okay. time travel, it's like, oh, here was like the aliens guy. time travel. I mean, grounded with some real biblical things. <laughs> 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 well, remember, Indi- Indiana Jones did drink from the Holy Grail, so people are like, he "Why?" Did. So that's why he'd still be going. Um, and I just all I need to hear is that punch that sounds like a machine gun. That'd be great. Um, yeah. All right. So I, I guess like we know a lot. Of, we know a bit about Indy, but maybe we can segue into something I know I don't know a ton about. Um, even though I love Star Wars, this is probably one of the projects that's a little bit more. We're getting information from it. But a little bit, but it's probably one I don't know very much about. I have not heard much about until now. Skeleton Crew. What do you yeah, think? So, so that's going to be, we at D23, a minute, we saw the first still of Jude Law in the new John Watts directed series called Skeleton Crew. John Watts, if you don't know that name off the top of your head, he was the director of all three of these Spider-Man slash home movies because they all the word home in them. I didn't have a good way to say it, but that's what it is. <laughs> Of course, he was originally tied to the Fantastic Four. Then the big news was he was like, nope, not doing it. Going to go do Star Wars. And Skeleton Crew is essentially has been described as Goonies slash Stranger Things in the Star Wars universe. Um, okay. I'm torn. Because yeah. it's like, I love Goonies. I love Star Wars. I love Stranger Things. I like what John Watts did in Spider-Man. So there's a lot of positives there, but I'm just like, I remember Ewok Adventure wasn't good. <laughs> it was, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's nostalgic. Okay. Like we can't sit there and be like, as a kid, we're just, yeah. Like we're like, oh, it's cute. But like, if you look at it from a, an, a, as an adult, you're like, this is not a good movie. I, this is a series and I am, I have concerns. Like a lot of good here. Jude Law is always fun, but I don't know about this one. I, yeah, I'm mixed on it because one, they haven't released a lot. This is the first I've heard the most about it because yeah. some of the other projects, even further out, you're hearing about like the Acolyte we've been hearing about, which yes. like, we'll, we'll touch on that, um, you know, and some of the other projects, you know, that are coming out, you know, you're hearing more about Ahsoka, you're hearing more about, you know, of course, Mando. I really, this was probably the first other than again, who's directing and that Jude Law was in it that I'd heard up until, up until this point. I don't, and the picture for me of Jude Law was not very promising, knowing that it's like a Stranger Things. He reminds me, I was like, so is he the Star Wars version of Hopper? Yeah. That's what I'm getting. So that's what killed it for me, too, is like I saw the picture. I'm like, no, nah, that's not what I wanted to see. Like, I was thinking, like, oh, it's Stranger We're going to see the kids. And then I'll be like, oh, well, I know the show's bad. It's just like smiling Jude Law. And I'm like, oh, Okay. Well, and, you, and they, you were talking. Well, you were talking too much about like they're having too many different movies and series where it's like a group of people coming together to go off on an adventure. This is kind of the same thing. Everybody's <laughs> trying to capture the Goonies in something, and so yeah. it's yeah. Well, and there's no other casting news yet, as far as I know, which is intriguing to me because you would think that if you have like these kids that are going to get lost somewhere in the Star Wars universe that you would at least know who the lead is at this point. So why is it just Jude Law being announced and not anyone else? Yeah. Is what I'm wondering. I mean, Star Wars hasn't done me too wrong in the Disney MC, you know, on the Disney plus side of things. 
I know there are many people who would disagree with me. Um, listen, Boba Fett wasn't great, but it had its moments when it was Mando 2.5. Um, Kenobi was started strong, had a you know a soft middle, and it ended well. But this, I, I think I need to see more here because it's not like it just because Star Wars has the name attached to it. Like, I feel like a year remind me when that what was that investor call when they named when they dropped literally everything was it 2021 i think so, I think it was and so, so it's like it, like i was more excited about rogue squadron which has now been pulled from the, mm-hmm. the i was excited about rangers of the new republic but then i guess gina carano allegedly tanked that one because she has been removed from that although my original plan of the two x-wing pilots in a buddy cop film i think would have worked um so still would but they're not but uh so it's i feel with this it's just like i think i need a little bit more before i can really get excited and where do you guys think like so so far what we've seen through all of the shows is that there is a thread connecting of course for me personally this is the first time i don't see that thread connecting this is probably the first one to me that doesn't fit in the universe yet and do you guys feel the same way or where do you think, where do you think Filoni and Favreau are putting this or just Favreau? Where do you think this fits in the scheme of the world they've, they've been building to date? Well, this is supposed to take place like uh, not too long after Return of the Jedi, right? Is that the time frame for it? That I'm not sure of. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do that. I think that's what I read. But I mean, first of all, Bill, I, I won't stand by any uh, caravan of courage, slander. I was, uh, you know, the amount of times I've like done the Star Cruiser crash, crash all the time. I don't know why that's in my head, but I, that that movie. So this <laughs> I, same time frame as Mando, and okay. after it is after the events of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I mean, I kind of hope that they have it be its own separate thread and not try to connect it in any way. Uh, I feel like they've they've done that like a ton, and this one probably needs to to stand alone. I'm looking for more things to stand alone. Uh, rather than trying to have it tie back to these same characters. Like, you need to reintroduce new stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think it's the fact that it's... Um, you know, I don't think it's the fact that it's, it like, maybe there's not a thread. Like, it's not tied. Like, I don't need everything tied to the Skywalkers. Like, and that's what I liked about Mando. Like, when it was, it was always, like, cursory. Um and this is, it's supposed to be about a group of four lost kids as they try to find their way home, but it's like not a kid series. Yeah. He definitely looks like Hopper for sure. But I, so for me, it's just like, I need to, I just don't want them to try. I hope they're not retrofitting a story that has worked elsewhere. And they're like, let's make it star Wars. Stranger things is cool. Make it star Wars. It's like, it's like you made a Star Wars story a Western. Like you you made it more of Mando more of a Western. We're going to make it, uh, give it a Western vibe. This is like, let's take this thing that's worked over here and just make it Star Wars. I, I'd rather a, a Star Wars in a genre than fitting a formula, that a, a story that's successful into Star Wars. Yeah, and there's so many planets yeah. like that they haven't really explored or touched on like that much. And it doesn't have to be related to the Emperor at all. They don't have to be trying to survive like the Empire. They could just be trying to survive like a, a very harsh space <laughs> reality and all these different planets. Like it, it could just be its own thing. Entirely. Well, I mean, you, you could, you know, I've, I've been reading the, the High Republic series and you could, there's all these outer planets that, you know, these very far, you know, and you, you could have these kids 
on these remote plant, this remote planet, maybe trying to get back to, you know, somewhere or Tatooine, like a main planet, course. like, or even somewhere <laughs> like Coruscant, right? It's all going to go to Tatooine, Coruscant or something. You know what I mean? Like you could, you could have them go to somewhere mainstream, but maybe start off on a frontier planet, you know? Um, you know, I'm just worried that Jude Law is going to either be like a hopper or he even looks a little Han Solo-ish too. Mm. And yeah. I don't know. I just kind of wish that Star Wars would let. We have Han Solo, and he was wonderful. And um, I just, I just am kind of like, let's not reinvent. We don't need too many Han Solos. I think just one. I mean, you already did it with Poe Dameron from the new trilogy. I think we're, I think we're good. You know, it's, we, uh, need, we need more Woody Harrelson characters from Solo. Yes. Like, just let them do their own thing. Yeah, I agree with the, I I think but the I guess the fear will always be how far can we stray from the original source material to keep people involved. That keeps it Star Wars. That's the I guess that's the thing. Well, like if you, you pull from the books, if you true. pull from the books, I mean it just would it just would be a matter of being willing to make some of those stories canon, which we've seen that there there is an openness yeah. to do that. Um I mean, if they if they if they start pulling from the books, there's a wealth of material you can go from. Well, speaking of the books and other things that are canon, uh, Amanda, um, the over the weekend, actually before the D23 panel, it was announced that Aman Asfandi uh, was cast as Ezra Bridger. Now, if you've listened to any podcast we've talked about, you have talked about Ezra Bridger a lot. Um, yes. Tell us about the Ezra Bridger characters. Remind us. And do you think um, this is a great choice? Now, the actor they chose is, you know, he's he's directed some stuff, mostly shorts. He's been in a couple of things. The most famous thing he was in was uh, King Richard with yeah. Smith. Uh, not exactly high profile. So what do you think? Well, so Ezra is one of the key characters coming out of a uh, one of the most I think one of my favorite products out of, of the Star Wars universe. It's one of the most beloved animated series, um, Star Wars Rebels. Uh, so Ezra is, of course, a young, he eventually becomes a Padawan and eventually is on his path to become a Jedi, taken under the, under the wing of uh, Kanan Jarrus, who survived uh, Order 66 and is still with his training and complete as well since his Jedi Master was killed. Um, yeah, so he's still trying to figure out his way and he's cynical and, you know, uh, trying to find himself, but he takes Ezra under his wing and, um, he becomes, Ezra becomes a member of the ghost, uh, which is one of the most iconic ships in Star Wars alongside the Millennium Falcon. Um, and you know, he, Ezra becomes such a beloved character because he starts off as this kind of annoying kid and he questions everything and he kind of does his own thing. But then, you know, spoiler alert for people who haven't seen it, um, ultimately, you know, once he loses Kanan, you know, grows up and makes the ultimate sacrifice, if you will. Of course, we don't know where he winds up yet. <laughs> now we might get that answer. Um, taking on General Thrawn, who is the, or Grand Admiral, sorry, Grand Admiral Thrawn, um, who is the baddie, if you will, of Rebels. Very cunning, very clever. Thrawn is one of the most iconic characters in Star Wars. Um, just the, I say direct competition to Vader. Uh, I mean, I, 
think they admired each other a lot, but there's a lot of rivalry, uh, kind of, mo- there's some rivalry moments in the books. And um, just Thrawn, just the intelligence that he has. Um, I mean, he basically learns and develops his strategies by looking at his enemies' uh, cultural artifacts. Um, so studying the art and the culture of the different planets that he's, he's, he's intending to conquer um, is really just, it's, oh gosh, it's great. Um, <laughs> so if you haven't watched Star Wars Rebels, please do. It's great. Um, but you see Ezra go through this, this character growth. Um, the actor, I feel like, looks like a dead ringer for Ezra. Okay. Dead ringer. I mean, I'm like, wow. Um, so the look is there. I just wonder if he can play, well... And I feel like a lot of it is going to depend on where Ezra is on his journey. Right. Because um, he doesn't look young. So we're not getting no. a kid version of him. No. So so Ezra and Thrawn eventually go go off into hyperspace via Purgle, which is a type of space whale. Um, oh, and they are, yeah, there is a space whale called <laughs> Purgle. <laughs> sure. Um, <and laughs> Why not? So, yeah, and so um, you know the way Rebels ends, it ends with the question of where did Ezra go? And Ezra knew what he was doing because he has the ability to communicate with animals. Mm-hmm. Um, so he called okay. the Purgle to help him stop Thrawn from invading his home planet of Lothar, at least you know bombing it and destroying it. The Empire's already there, but um, so the Purgle take him and Thrawn into the unknown. And so it's a matter of well, where is Ezra and how much time has passed since he's disappeared and where is he at? So it seems kind of this. Yeah, this will be for the Ahsoka series too. Yes, so, so that's and how that. Applies. I'm I'm intrigued because I that's always one of the outstanding questions because the way also Rebels ends is you have Sabine and Ahsoka getting together because when Ezra goes off to face Thrawn, he tells Sabine like, "Go oh, look, for, basically look for me," and she has to figure out where he is. <laughs> and and didn't, did we also get a Sabine casting news or there was something with Sabine she's I- been cast she's been cast There's, there was a leak of and I have to go back and look at the actress's name but in in full S- Sabine attire looking at a mur- looking at the ending mural from Star Wars Rebels which is pretty cool I will look that up real quick uh yeah uh, looks like Natasha Lou Bird yes I was like, I should start with an N. And I was like, I was, I was gonna say Natalie, but it's Natasha. And yes. so I'm I'm super excited. Um, I mean, I, I wonder if it I guess it's just gonna depend on where Ezra is. Is he gonna be somebody more mature? Is he gonna be still kind of awkward and a little kind of coming into himself and coming into who he is as a Jedi? Um, is he gonna be battle scarred? It's just it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Look, if the whale makes an appearance, I'm all in. Okay, it sounds exciting. Purple. <laughs> <laughs> Point for purple. Um, we also had. Um, there's going to be a. We don't have to spend too much time. And there's going to be a Sorry. kid show called Young Jedi uh, Adventures, which is going to be about two kids, a bunch of kids going on an adventure. What a surprise! Uh, of course, one of the combine those two. Things. <laughs> yeah. Really well, it's nice to have like pure kids products. Yeah, too. which we haven't gotten from Star Wars, and I'm also Other- surprised they have not done an Ewoks show yet. Like rebooting yeah. that old Ewok series. It might happen. You never know. As long as Wicked's a part of it. Yes. Give me Wicked. Um, and then, of course, for all you fans of The Good fit, good Place, Manny Jacinto was uh, added to the Acolyte. Here's the thing. Never watched The Good Place. I just Bortles. knew him. He's the guy who yells Bortles because anytime <laughs> that's out there, Al posts that damn gif every time. Um, so, guys, I'm going to... 
Which do you, uh, Ben, did you, uh, how familiar are with uh, the man who yells Bortles? I mean, I did watch Good Place. I saw him in that. Uh, and then I watched um, Nine Perfect Strangers that he was in recently with Nicole Kidman. Uh, he was really good in that. And he he was in Maverick, but you wouldn't know it because I think he was just in the background of some scenes. But I don't think he had any lines or anything. Like, I saw him in the cast. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Good for him. And then I'm assuming he was in the movie. But I feel like he was just in the bar in the back drinking a Budweiser. That was the extent. I mean, that's, that's usually my role in everything in life. Bob, uh, Amanda... Just give us like a you know a real just elevator pitch, quick snapshot of what this acolyte series is going to be and where Manny's character is going to fit into it. Well, you're you're basically I'm. Uh, you're like there I'm is no thinking, there is no well, there, there, one there is does not simply answer. just give a two sentence. There, there is a short answer. There is a short answer. It's basically okay. you have force users that are learning, uh, learning about the dark side of the force. They're trying to learn from from Sith lords. So this is this is taking place. You know, kind of. High Republic era where there's probably more Jedi versus, you know, the Sith are pretty much almost wiped out is what I'm, is at least that that's kind of the era that I've heard that this is taking place in. So we're getting more aspects of the dark side of the force, which is really cool. Um, the rumors are that Darth Nihilus is going to show up. You might have Darth Malik, you might have Revan, which I would cry if it's Keanu. I'm not going to lie. Oh. <laughs> Fantasy casting. Oh, we all would cry. We all would cry. Um, of course, Darth Bane. Um, which would be awesome. I'm hoping if we do get Darth Bane, that we get Darth Santa and we maybe get some of the whole rule of two kind of thing <laughs> where and that the, came from. And is just giddy with the potential. Yeah, for Black there's Light. so much potential. So I'm wondering if he, they, so of course I know with Amanda Steinberg, I feel like she's, of course, I, that I think she's going to be the title character. I think. Yes. Um, that's, that's at least my understanding. But I'm hoping that maybe maybe he's one of the Sith Lords. That she's going to, maybe maybe he's going to Darth Malak or Darth Bane or a Darth, you know, I think I think definitely he might be, he might be one of the Sith Lords. Yeah, I've been clamoring for more like dark related Star Wars content that's not so, yeah, I don't know, slapstick at times. Like, so I, I'm really kind of excited about the premise of what the show could be. It's supposed to be a mystery thriller, I believe, too. Like, it's, take it's, it. It, it is created by the uh, the people behind Russian Doll. Um, you're gonna have Jody Turner Smith's gonna be in this. Um, like I said, like Amanda Stenberg, um, Tom Hiddleston's wife, whose name escapes me because they don't have a damn cast list together. Oh, um, oh. yeah, just give me a second. I don't want to. I don't want to just call her Tom Hiddleston's wife. Um, <laughs> But yeah, there is there is a it is a high profile cast for sure. And uh, meanwhile, I'll just type it up. Um, here it is, Joni Turner Smith. Is it just Joni? Yeah. So it's going to be Jody Turner Smith, Amandala Stenberg, who's been in a ton of stuff. Uh, just get to the cast. Lee, Lee Jung Jay is one of us there too. Yeah, he was just he was Lee Jung Jay was announced right before D twenty three as well. Right. And Jody Turner Smith is. Married to Tom Hiddleston. So, yep, it's, it looks like it's going to be so far confirmed as a seven episode series debuting next year at some point, which is going to be very wild. So, let's get into the heart of the matter, the reasons why we're here. Let's get into those trailers. And of course, let's start with the trailer that brought us here. And of course, that's the Bad Batch season two. <laughs> so, the Bad Batch season one. Is an animated series, Amanda, correct me if I'm wrong, a spun off from Star Wars Rebels and uh, had its 
it's about a bunch of clone soldiers who have been uh, kind of questioning what they're doing, and they were uh, especially when it came to Order sixty six, and they've become outcast. And this is happening right before the events of uh, A New Hope. And uh, Dee Bradley Baker plays all the voices. <laughs> uh, Rhea Perlman's also in it. And it involves the Bad Batch, you know, running from the Empire, but also doing side missions. They have a, a, a female um, companion named Omega. Uh, she is uh, she has definitely has special powers in some way. And she herself is a clone. Uh, this is a show I watched all the way through. And at times the show was really good. And at times this series just drags and drags um i'm not over the moon excited for season two it i'll watch it but i'm not like dying to see it it looks cool but again it's not high priority watching for me ben have you watched uh the bad batch the first season i have not i got deeply well I don't know, four or five seasons, I think, into Clone Wars, and that's as far as I've gone into the animated stuff. I did, however, watch the trailer in preparation for this, and I made one note, and one note only, Chewbacca with a lightsaber. Yeah, That was my only note. And that's all that really matters. I mean, based on that alone, I may tune in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is a good, and at times, when this show is good, it is very good. Uh, but, Amanda, well, I've never actually gotten your thoughts on The Bad Batch. On my, so I, I liked it because I, I feel like it answers some of the questions coming from, you know, the transition, if you will, from when the Empire started using just regular, like, conscripted stormtroopers versus they moved away from using clones. Right. Um, so what happened to the clones after Order 66 was executed? And and I, I like that we're getting some of those answers, whether, again, it's it was like in Kenobi, you had the, the veteran soldier in the corner played by Tamora Morrison, um, which I still think is Rex, but that's OK. Yeah, <laughs> the know. Internet is fighting me on that. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because that, that's the question that happens is, well, what happened to all of those clones? And with Rebels, you do see Rex come back. You see Wolf and you see um, Gregor um, and and you know, they're much older and they've aged and all of that in Rebels. But it, so I, I enjoyed Bad Batch from the the standpoint that it, it answered some of those questions. And especially with Omega's character, you know, she's basically the female Boba Fett, you know, like they have the pure, like the, that's the pure blood, if you will, for to clone. Um, that's why she's so valuable because she's basically, again, the, the female Boba um, having Jango Fett's, you know, DNA. But, um, you know, just, I thought it was steady, but I, I do agree. There were moments where the show was a little slow. Um, it reminded me of, of, and Ben, I'm proud of you, five or six seasons of Clone Wars. Yay. Um, <laughs> trying, trying. <laughs> trying. But there were moments where Clone Wars did that too, where early on it was kind of hard to get into. And then the later stretch or the latter stretch of the show, it picked up. Um, I think, I think this is going kind of the same vein, but I think it's a solid show to watch. Um, and if you're a fan of the animated shows and you like the backstory and the filling in the gaps, I think this is a good show to watch. Um, you know, I'm going to watch it because I'm a Star Wars fan. And just in case there's anything that might tie to other shows later, um, you know, I, I'm always looking for those Easter eggs, but it's I'll probably watch the other content first, if you will. So like Andor for you know, or um, maybe watch other things first. And then gets a bad batch. Like I feel like it's not such something that's so um, earth shattering. Like you have to watch it right away when it drops, kind of thing. 
I so agree. Watch it You'll yeah. get to it. It's dropping in January, which is kind of like the content hangover time anywhere. And, and if you it's think like off about off season, it's like off season. Yeah, I, because <laughs> we get we get Mando not far after this. But think about 2022. We've had a full calendar of like prestige, high drama, high budgeted TV. So, um, but something, Amanda, I think that will be close to your heart is going to be coming out soon. It's going to be um, Star Wars Tales of the Jedi, which is going to be an anthology series. Um, talk, it's mostly going to be focusing on two stories. One, the story of Count Dooku and one, the story of Baby Ahsoka, which is now going to be the new cute thing, because if you've seen the trailer, it is very cute. Um, we had Star Wars Visions before, which to me, I never fully got through for reasons. Uh, and it was it's mostly because, again, I didn't find it as, we were talking about, as must-see destination programming, despite it being very good. Um, it's something I'll catch up with. Do you get, the, Amanda, do you get the same vibe with this? Or because we have beloved characters like Ahsoka and Count Dooku and Yoke, I don't know how Dooku is beloved but whatever you know what i mean known properties uh soka um Mason yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you what do you think is it the same is it a different vibe for you is this more of a destination for you this must watch so i i feel like it's it's more a little bit more must see now i feel like visions and and tales of the jedi are, are very different because visions was intended to be i think more of a compilation of just different stories around the star wars universe it didn't really have a direct tie to the main um skywalker story and i think for i think especially if you're an anime fan um you know i enjoyed it because a lot of the studios that were involved came from you know where a lot of the the, the more well-known anime studio or anime japanese animation studios um you know like the ronin is probably my favorite of the the whole piece because that's the same studio that did Cowboy Bebop and um, Samurai Champloo, which are two of my favorite animes. Um, so I feel like it's, this, it's always a little hard to compare, but when I look at Tales of the Jedi, I feel like it's going to be such a must see piece because people love Ahsoka. I mean, I'm, I'm in it for that alone too. I mean, I love everything else, but I'm like Ahsoka, anything Ahsoka, you know, I love her. Um, I'm also excited to see Yaddle. <laughs> Yaddle, she's like the female, like the female Yoda. Oh, that's right. Yaddle, Yaddle oh showed up. God. So I'm like, are we gonna? You know, there's there's that whole theory out there about who Grogu's parents are. So it's like, is he Yoda's kid? Is he Yaddle's kid? Because Yaddle disappears. You don't know whatever happens to her. So it's like, oh, does she? Did you know? Is she like the love? You know, did Yoda? They have a love child. You know, is Grogu their love child? Um, be amazing you know, that would it it's so I'm curious to see what they're going to do with Yaddle in this because you really don't know she shows up for this brief moment and then she's like gone um so we get Yaddle and you know Dooku he has a rich history in the books and so it's interesting to get his backstory of how he turned to the dark side and how Disney's going to interpret it given that there's already kind of a, again, a, a book backstory out there. And I think just seeing the influence that Dooku has on Qui-Gon and his teachings and his philosophy down the road and how he teaches uh, Obi-Wan, it, it, I think it's definitely a must see 
It's definitely a must-see. And who can't pass up baby Ahsoka? I'm sorry. She was just so stinking cute. And uh, it's going to be a marketing gold for yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, yaddle. Like, yaddle. That's all. Yaddle. <laughs> uh, the one thing I look at it is I hate the Dooku voice actor. He, they're trying to do a Christopher Lo, uh, Lee impersonation, and it just sounds like someone who's bored. And so I'm like, ah, I wish he had done better with that. But, you know, teach his own. Then, uh, what about you? How do you feel about this? Is this something you're going to be like, you know what? I'm going to turn my hat forwards and I'm going to watch this because you have your hat on backwards tonight now. I couldn't think of a good transition. No, I'm going to leave it backwards. My only thought, uh, having listened to a little bit about the show from Amanda there, is that I don't really want to know who Grogu's parents are because I don't want to I don't want to picture Yoda as like a deadbeat dad just chilling on Dagobah. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, he's a piece of shit. And you're what an asshole oh. just letting baby, sweet baby Grogu. Like, I mean, boy. All I got to say is, where was Yoda when all this and Kenobi was going down? That's all. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, Yoda. Okay, let's let's just say this. Yoda's a dick. Are we going to say hashtag Yoda's a dick? Is hashtag Yoda's a dick. <laughs> he really is. You think that didn't help his best buddy, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh I, he's, I mean, he's always I mean, acting like he can't get around good and he's hurt. He's got his little cane, but he could drop and like do whatever he wants and flip See, and stuff. Whatever. He's just playing into it. So my sure. question is, did Bail Organa call him first and then he didn't pick up? You know what I mean? Because they could you know communicate what? with each other, too. Why didn't he call Yoda? Where do you go? He's like, she's had the podcast up <laughs> Married life has ruined Ben already. Oh, man. Man. Huh, oh. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I was like, I was looking up because uh, the same voice actor that does Count Dooku, he actually is the same voice actor who does Cat Bane is Corey Burton. I was like, that's right. He did. He did the Dooku voice. I think I'm not used to because I was listening to it too, and I'm like, it sounds off. But he because his voice because his voice in um. The Clone Wars was a little richer, but I think yeah. again he was an older Dooku, so I think it's kind of a it's weird listening to him try to do young Dooku. Yeah, <laughs> for me. But, but well, yeah, I'm sorry, I, I can't get past. Deadbeat. <laughs> voice Voicemail I send you to. Um, yeah. Fucking Yoda. Let's move <laughs> on to a guy who's not Deadbeat. <laughs> Let's move <laughs> on to Cassian Andor, who I guess at some point is a Deadbeat. Um, but I mean, he's got a reason for it, though. He's been burned out by war, and he actually did the work. He's a burnt-out employee, guys. He's a burnt-out rebellion. He's, he's me at my job every day. Um, he's definitely so, dead. <laughs> totally dead. Uh, so you can't call him for help. But, of course, this is a pretty cool series. Heading up uh, not long before Rogue One. It's about his... Uh, this is... Excuse me, uh, Amanda, correct me if I'm wrong. This this series is going to last well over 10 episodes, right? I thought it was two, three seasons. I think it was like it was like three seasons, wasn't it? I think because yeah. it's supposed to be one of the longest. And the intent is to wrap up the show about five days before the events of Rogue One. Yes. Definitely already two seasons for sure. It's two. It's at least two. I've heard yeah. three that at least two seasons. Which and is they're awesome. 12, 12 episodes. And it's supposed to be like five years before. So you've got a lot yes. of space, like gap that you can fill there. And, and you know, what I, I didn't realize was that Tony Gilroy, who did one of my favorite movies, uh, Michael Clayton, uh, is going to be with this. Of course, he also, you know, did Rogue One as well. Yes. But um, I 
you know, listen, Michael Clayton is a, a, a movie that's is very close to my heart. Uh, so to have him doing this and we, we see well more of it's a little bit more than what we saw originally, but we couldn't ignore this because we are going to be talking about this show. So we're going to briefly just touch on it here. What, uh, Ben, uh, cause Amanda, I kind of already know, Ben, what's your hype level for this show? What has you intrigued the most about it? Yeah, my hype level for this is bigger than any other stars. Pro- I mean, I was really excited when Obi-Wan was coming out, but, um, I'm much more excited about this than anything else I can really think of, mostly because Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars film outside of the original yeah. trilogy. I love it. And I feel like I keep talking about how I'd rather see like a more serious tone, a little bit darker, like a lot of stakes, like real stuff happening. Um, I feel like Rogue One encapsulated that more than anything else like the Star Wars had. And I just was watching like Rogue One again recently, trying to prep for Andor a little bit. And it's, it just feels like Star Wars. Everything about it feels like it. You see more like planets and you know people and whatnot within the first 15 minutes than you see like throughout a lot of these other Star Wars products, like the whole run of them. Uh, it's just, it looks beautiful. It's shot so well. Like the characters are really rich. The comedy when it is there is like so on point and like better than, than anything else. It doesn't feel slapstick. Like the jokes feel like well-earned. Uh, I'm super excited for it. Um, I, I think even Rogue One, even like people talk about how they added like Vader in there to, you know, you know, set it over the top. And surely it's better with Vader. But even if you take out that end scene, I still loved it more than anything else. So. Yeah, I really did. I felt like it's great. I've been saying for a long time on the pop break world of podcasts, like since Rogue One came out, I love Rogue One. But I would have rather have had it as a series. Because there's so much more time we could have spent in the world of espionage. And I love spy movies. I love spy shows. That's why I'm so hyped for Secret Invasion, which is coming out. Because that looks way more serious than we've seen in Marvel. Way more spy thrillers set in England. It's hitting all my sweet spots. But this is looks like a down and dirty street level Star Wars like we've never seen before. But also has that era air of Star Wars, especially we see it with the Stellan Skarsgård character, where he is like leading the revolution, but also playing high society at the same time. It's very film noir, and I'm all about that. Also, I want to point out one of the weird anachronisms of this. It looks like one of the blasters in the beginning of the trailer is an AK-47. Like it has a clip and looks like I would have seen this in a Rambo movie. And I'm just like, Weird, but I'm also intrigued because I'm like, we're going back well before the time we saw all this other stuff in Star Wars. So maybe that makes sense. But I also think when the, the shot that hooked me immediately is that ship going over that mountain. It's so breathtaking. It's like piercing the sky. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yes, give me the show. My hype level is <laughs> right now. It's just a lot happening in life. But once it gets here, this show, I am very very excited for because i i love the andor character amanda i i can only imagine that you're slightly interested in the show just a little bit just a little bit bit. i i love rogue one it's one of my favorite star wars movies it's one of my top two and i rotate between you know empire strikes back and rogue one all the time because rogue one was so beautifully done and the cast was fantastic i just i love everything it's a movie i never get tired of watching and in fact i saw it you know a boyfriend and i went to go see it uh in theaters when it came out for the limited release so this trailer actually we saw it 
probably about a week before everybody else. They leaked the same trailer they they showed just in the theaters for that period for everybody who saw it. It's the same trailer they showed. Um, and I was so hyped watching it. Just Stellan Skarsgård, man. I, I feel like he's an interesting contrast. Like he's almost like a, a the rebellion version, if you will, of Palpatine. Kind of how he's wearing dual roles. Yes. But just, just on the side of the rebellion instead of, you know, the dark side. Um, so it's an interesting interesting play there he just yeah he uh, his i just love him in general i think i don't think there's anything that he's been in that i don't like him in like he's just one of those actors just elevates it to a whole level and diego luna i've i've watched him for years since doing spanish indie films and um just i'm glad he's getting his due he's such a fantastic actor and i mean i just really love this detailed look at how the rebellion came together. It's not just, here's this group of people that just kind of got thrown together for a common cause. It's here's all the intricacies of what take, what it takes and how much work goes into overthrowing this huge empire and your losses and your gains and all the stakes involved. Like this is such a cool look into that as a hardcore star Wars nerd. I am here for this. Get I was just Rogue One is cool because of it's not so like black and white like these are the good right. guys these are the bad guys it it looked at the fact that all the shady stuff that they're having to do you know as part of the rebellion too and all the and they talk about that in the trailer like and in Andor like all the stuff that they've done was for the cause but you know you wanted it to mean something so it's well and we get Saul Guerrero back guys you get him a little bit more oh, I, know. I mean I mean you get you get Forrest Whitaker for what like 10 minutes maybe if maybe and i mean in saw Guerrero, you get more of the character in the animated shows for sure um but just to see hopefully we get more forrest whitaker (laughs) i think we are um but man more saw Guerrero too because he was already in the in the animated series you could see him going those extremist roots if you will you know, already being planted and just, I mean, there was a point where he tried to work with the rebellion and then they split. So I'm wondering if this is going to get addressed in the show. Um, if they're going to talk about that actual split at all or how that works, but it's, I'm, I'm here for it. And we may get the answer to the question of how many Bothans died to get the plan, to get, you know, to get the plan. Yeah. So we'll probably get that answer too. So <sighs> And I think you get uh, K2S that was supposed to pop up in season two, allegedly. Yeah. So you yeah. That would be good. Yeah. I mean, that he was, as far as the comedy that you're going to infuse into it, the best for that. And oh, was he's perfect. So deadpan. And that was the yeah. best part of it. Um, let's get into the main event. Let's get into what we all came here to talk about. Now, Amanda, we talked about this a long time ago that footage was leaked um at star wars celebration mm-hmm. of uh well it wasn't leaked at star wars celebration it was shown at star wars celebration the trailer for the mandalorian season three but it was a leaked a little bit online and i know you saw some of it so mm-hmm. we saw mando in season two point you know at a 2.5 <laughs> season in book of boba fett probably the best episodes guys um there's not even a question here. It's just like let's let's just all talk about our feelings right now. Uh, ben, I'm gonna start with you uh, because Amanda, I have to save you yes. because I just have to. Uh, just thoughts and feelings. Well, I don't feel like they give away a lot, like in the trailer, which is cool. Like there's there's some nice visuals, but I can't necessarily get a feel for what the story of season three is going to be about. Which I think I like. My my guess is it's kind of 
uh, him struggling internally between like trying to rejoin you know, Bo-Katan and the Children of the Watch versus the other Mandalorians and kind of, you know, dropping the old religion for, I guess, the regular groups you would call them. Uh, so I don't know if he's going to try to go back and become a Mandalorian again, um, you know, because he maybe kind of laid that out as something that you would try to do. But it may just be him going off on a bunch of like side missions and whatnot with the, uh, the other Mandalorians. I'm just excited in general to, to kind of see it. And I, I like that I don't know that much about it. You know, just cool visuals. You get to see Baby Yoda, or I should actually call him Grogu, sweet, not Baby yeah. Yoda. But, he's our sweet baby boy. It's okay. Yes. Our sweet baby boy. Just a lot of him. I mean, you get him riding through the fireworks, and the it's yeah, it's just adorable overload, which you can appreciate in Mandalorian because it's well-earned and there's enough other good stuff going on. Um, the first thing I thought, and Amanda, you would appreciate this, is when we saw multiple... Um, People in Mando cost uh, Mandalorian outfits jumping out of a plane. I'm like, well, I guess we're getting Sasha Banks back. Um, because well, she was just at I just saw on Twitter she was just at the Andor premiere, so maybe mm-hmm. uh, maybe her best friend Naomi will be there too. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that would be pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but what I liked about this trailer was half of it was here's stuff you've already seen, and here's just a hint. And remember, this is just this was labeled as a teaser trailer. So we have not seen the full trailer yet. Um, it looks like we're also getting the doctor back from season one. I feel like I saw him. And then with those little rat pieces of shit from Java's lair are all in a tree, Children of the tree. Uh, which is great. Um, we get grief who somehow has been promoted again. And I like the fact we have this old and the new, and I feel like we're going to get a struggle for, the throne of Mandalore. I think that's going to be our big thing here. And um, Katie Sackhoff's character uh, trying to deal with a bit of imposter syndrome and maybe not a syndrome because maybe she is an imposter. Um, And I just think we're in for, yes, everything that you said, Ben, we're going to get side adventures would not shock me if Boba Fett comes back because, Hey, What's good for the goose is good for the gander, I guess. You know, just turning into my mom for a second. Probably Um, not getting his own standalone episode. (laughs) No, but I think we could, if he needs the backup. Right. We could see him. We could see Al's heartthrob, Cobb Vanth. uh, Because remember, he ain't dead. He ain't dead. He ain't dead. I want to see my girl Fennec. I want Fennec. Fennec. And then, of course, uh, Chewbacca Dark. Um, (gasps) You know, we could bring Big K back. I, I never know his name, so it's just, but um, there's so many ways we can go with this. And if, remember, Ahsoka is still involved in this universe. Luke Skywalker is still involved in this universe. You don't need to bring all those characters back, but there's always the option for them to return. And I'm very excited to see where this goes. Like, this is like, it's, I believe that we're going to get this in spring of 2023. Um, uh, I think February. Firm. I think it was like February. It was. I think they moved it up. So, I think yeah, to I like early early spring. So it was originally supposed to be like how Boba Fett was like end of December, beginning of January. Then it got moved. So I mean, if you're going to do this post Super Bowl, I think that's really smart. I'm looking it up right now because I want to know. You, or you steal the conversation and you premiere it after the super bowl that's just me they won't do that but i'm just saying like it worked for netflix once (laughs) 
I mean, the movie wasn't the best. I enjoyed it, but um, my hype level is very high for this. I have a lot to get through before them, but it's going to be very high. So Amanda, take us home. Mando, sweet baby boy, Katie Sackoff, lots going on. Oh, it did. It did scoot down. It's saying it's 2023, but it's supposed to be. It's a, it was supposed to be February, so they might it might get a little bit delayed because they said Bat Batch was delayed. Now it might be, we might be looking at like summer, maybe. Hopefully well, not too much. Hopefully not too much of a delay. Hopefully not. <laughs> get us get us in that Falcon and the Winter. Yes, Soldier. I know, I know. I'm so hyped. I've watched the trailer. How many times do you watch the trailer, buddy, for Amanda? The new one, like a thousand times. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we we were so hype watching it. It's just seeing wait, Sweet Baby wait, Boy. Okay. Hold up, I want you to rephrase that. You heard what I heard. I heard what, what did I say? You're like I was so high. We hype, were so hype, high. Hype, she was saying, no, you hype. said high. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at each other. Like, wow. Oh. <laughs> you said what you said. Yeah, my. Heard it. Oh, we. We were so hype <laughs> for um, for this. I mean, just, oh, man. I mean, just seeing our sweet baby boy right off the bat. As much as I didn't like the last trilogy, we do get a little Babu Frick. I was like, he's cute. Oh, he's yeah. cute. Very happy for like, our social media editor, Alicia Weinberger, who, like, every, randomly will text me a Babu Frick gif, gif because she's like, this is the best character in Star Wars. I'm like, I know you're high right now. Just, all right, I get it. Just out of the new trilogy, just I, they picked the cutest part and the best part out and put it. Here. I, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna have a hot take from from Rise of Skywalker. Give me Carrie Russell's character back. Give her redemption okay. because she's. We could do something here outside of what okay. This, this is, is fair. Yeah. This is fair. Sorry. This is fair. Oh, good. It's all good. But yeah, I. Oh my gosh, I'm particularly excited to check out Mandalore um, because you know, the set, even just the window Bo-Katan was looking out of, it's almost like straight out of Clone Wars season seven. And just, you know, the last couple of seasons of the Clone Wars focusing on the, you know, the siege at Mandalore. Um, I mean, oh my gosh. And it just, what happens of course to Mandalore is one of the most tragic things in the Star Wars, you know, Star Wars universe with, 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 with what happens there. Here's my question to you. Do you think we actually get to see it? The fall of Mandalore. Do you think we get to probably see in flashbacks? It? Yeah, I feel like in flashbacks we will see it. Um, probably maybe from the perspective of Bo-Katan. Maybe from the perspective of the Armorer. I mean, I I think we'll see different perspectives of it because you have one side that's the successors of the Death Watch, whereas Bo-Katan. So no, uh, her character switched allegiances from the Death Watch. She was an original Death Watch member and was up in an uprising against her sister, who was a Duchess Satine. Um, who was the previous ruler of Mandalore, you know, kind of a, a little bit earlier of the, the Clone Wars story arc. She's the pacifist ruler, if you will. So As she was an uprising. Nicole Kidman, obviously. Right. <laughs> um, and it, it, you know, so she switched allegiances. And so it's, it's interesting to see her kind of go, well, your clan was the one, resp- or the you know they're responsible for how this happened. I was like, well, you were Death Watch, dear. You forgot about that. Man, I really <laughs> you were Death Watch. 
And oh, I get man. to see um, Katie Sackhoff is actually going to be in town here for Comic-Con. We get to see her. I'm going to try to get so her. Questions. I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best because I'm going to have her sign my, my Chase Bo-Katan pop. That's my that's my my goal. So if she can, maybe I'll, uh, if she'll answer some questions for me, I'll do my best. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I can see them do, doing that story because in the lines, do you think your dad was the only Mandalorian? She tells the story to Grogu. Sweet baby boy. Yeah. And then I wonder if we get the armor and and Bo-Katan. I mean, she's such a, Bo-Katan is such a polarizing figure in the history of Mandalore. I mean, she is such a gray character because when you first see her in the Clone Wars, she is clearly a bad guy. I mean, again, she's not, she's not afraid. She's not leading. She's part of an uprising against her own sister. So it's like, you know, she's such a shady character. And then it's, you know, in Rebels, she's trying to redeem herself. And then she winds up getting handed, you know, and this is what leads to all of this, handed the Darksaber by Sabine. And, you know, and that's leading to her going, well, she never wanted in combat. And the whole armor explanation in, in, in Mando. And um, just, I mean, just to see that, though, and just to see her kind of go back to seeing her true colors come out. You know, I think she and Mando are going to throw it down. Um, and Mando's just trying to find his place because he really doesn't fit in. And maybe he is a new generation of Mando, a Mandalorian that doesn't need either one to succeed. Just needs the baby boy. Yeah. One does. Clan of two. Clan do, of two. Do you we, have do we get Moff Gideon back? I say yes. Sure. I say yes. <laughs> I say yes, but not as directly as people think we would. I think he would. He's going to be doing some back behind the scenes things to cause chaos a little bit, but I don't think we'll get him as a full fledged. I wouldn't think he'd be central again. I feel like they right. want to do more things in the season, but he might be, you know, pop up at some point or escape at the end. Like I, I just feel like I think the the Gina Carano exit from the series did did hamstring a couple things, and there's some rewrites that are going to happen there. You know, think of that as what you will with her release. I have no problem with it, but myself. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, at the most. So, guys, that was D23. That's a lot. I mean, also, go listen to the two hour plus podcast, Alex, on <laughs> Marvel. Holy shit. Um, before we go, was there anything non Lucasfilm from D23, just putting you on the spot, that kind of tickled your fancy a little bit, whether it was anything from the Disney parks or Disney or Marvel or anything like that. Amanda, I feel like you might have something. Oh, I was kind of delinquent. I focused a lot on the star Wars. It's all content. good. I'm still catching up on like some of the, on the Marvel secret invasion is uh, Thunderbolts. Those are, those are the things that are, yeah. those stood out. Um, of course, you know, I know Falcon and Winter Soldier wasn't the greatest of shows. It was kind of the weakest of the shows, in my opinion. But I love me some Sebastian Stan and anything that I'm I'm here like, hello, my boyfriend's back. <laughs> my, old, <laughs> my, old, I, my old classmate. Uh, 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 yeah, but, 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 remember, I, but those are intriguing. Those are intriguing for me. Some of our predictions from our podcast mm-hmm. uh, were on there that uh, when Tyler and Allie were on with us, mm-hmm. we are getting Isaiah Bradley back. That's huge. Yes. I think he dies pretty quick, <laughs> Dude, yeah. uh, unfortunately. Uh, for me, uh, yeah, I mean, Ghost in the Marvel podcast. I talk about a million things. And I'm also excited that they're doing uh, Jim Gaffigan as Mr. Smee in the live action Peter Pan and Wendy. That's if right. there is ever more perfect casting in the world, it is that. 
So Ben, is there anything that, um, anything that's really just jumping out at you that you were like, you know what? Uh, no, I would like to say that I was very involved in it, but I, I was not. I've uh, been living nothing but a football life and getting married for the last like week or so. So uh, I'm a little out of touch. Listen, don't blame me one bit. And again, congratulations to you and your lovely, your lovely partner. Uh, so let's uh, let's just wrap it up. Let's plug our social media. And if you guys got a parting uh, pop culture recommendation you want to do, go for it. So Ben, I know you've been in the world of marriage alcohol and your beloved Washington commanders uh, who can't get their merchandise. Right. Um, <laughs> tell us where people can find you. And if you have any pop culture recommendations. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. Uh, yeah. At, at BD Merkison uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a happy one to know camper right now. I, I said that I was going to buy some new gear if we got above 500. So I had uh, to order a shirt. So I'll be decked out, I guess, for the for the future games for the commanders. And we might not be above one and over very long. We'll see how it goes. Um, as far as recommendations, I think that uh, anyone that has not seen Hocus Pocus should immediately go okay. watch Hocus I will. Pocus. <laughs> I, you know what? You know what? I promise you. I will watch Hocus Pocus before Hocus Pocus 2 comes out. I promise you I will do that. I, I have a few weeks before I have to watch. We, we heard it here first. Yeah. Hey, listen. I, I made a promise a long time ago I'd watch Marvel, and I'm finally, I have one movie to be done, and then I'm caught up finally. Congratulations. So, uh, Ben, what's the most recent thing you wrote for the site? I remember something recent. Uh, I'm trying to think because, I mean, Reservation Dog season two, I yep. did. Um, I'm going to, I talked about it a long time ago, but I'm finally going to do the the podcast to talk about um, with Marissa for like the Oscars review podcast, I think, for. Coming up soon, so I'll be on one of those. Oh, and the winter still is, so you're going to go do yeah, winter still is. So I'm finally going to join one of those. Uh, and then i got to find some things to write about. I'm excited to start you know, diving back into to stuff. I mean, I feel like football has been all-encompassing um, as it is. But eventually, the commanders will start losing, and I'll have more free time to you know, most likely, them. Most likely this week. Um, <laughs> as for me, because Amanda would – oh, actually, Amanda, why don't you go? Because you know what? I have to do all the business stuff. <laughs> no, wait, no, I got to do business. So, Amanda, where can people find you on social media and, uh, you know, any pop culture recommendations? So, um, I'm primarily active via Instagram, uh, Adam Mandalorian. And um, so I just post a bunch of just a bunch of randomness there, lots of stuff. If you're looking for Star Wars news, my site, <laughs> my Instagram is like 90% Star Wars and memes. I, I get a um, lot of information from there. I do. <laughs> I try. I try. Um, of course, please follow at Mission Pro Wrestling at all social medias. We do have our next show Saturday. And um, we have a casket match for our championship up for grabs with Genocide oh, yeah. and Dead. Holodead defending. Um, and of course, our tag team uh, titles are also up for grabs. Bougie Reality for our champs versus uh, one of our local favorites here in San Antonio, Key Vibes, and a mystery partner. And of course, we're partnering with the Hybrid School of Wrestling, you know, to help out for the Salvation Army. So they are having a battle royale as well. So, um, you know, so we're we're excited about that. So um, if you're local to the area, we still have tickets available. But of course, you can also stream on Title Match Network. Um, so I'm going to go a little different route with my pop culture recommendation. I'm going to go the anime route. Um, and it is a show that I started watching. Uh, it is on Crunchyroll. It's one season it, right now. It's called Aoashi, and it's A-O-A-S. 
H-I. It is a soccer anime. And it is really, really good. It's about this kid that from a smaller school outside of um, Tokyo that gets scouted to join uh, a very elite soccer team. And just his journey to, to make the cut, uh, very high stakes. I didn't know if I was going to like it. It was recommended to me. And I was like, man, this is really, really good. Um, especially because, you know, my son likes to play soccer too at this age. So you never know. So I'm kind of watching it like, wow. So this is a lot of what he might have to like go through training wise and all that, but it's, it's really very engaging. Um, and again, there's just, I think 22 episodes of it. So it's fairly short for anime to watch and you just power through it. So it's, it's really well done, really well done. Now, is it also available on the Crunchyroll hub of HBO Max? I haven't checked. It, sh- it might be. It's. I think it's a Crunchyroll original. Oh, okay. So it might. It might. It might be, but it might not. It might not be yet. But it's. It's. It's really, really good. I really, really enjoyed it. If you liked um, Haiku, which is the volleyball anime, that one's a very popular one as well. Um, you'll like this one. Is a. It's a good one. Guys, I have the most batshit insane culture recommendation for you. It is a movie on Netflix right now called RRR. It is an uh-huh. Indian movie. It's a movie out of India. It is one of the most bonkers movies you're going to watch. It's essentially a period piece that combines a buddy action movie, um, Bollywood dancing, although it's not a Bollywood movie per se. Um, hmm. It's essentially like Point Break if it had musical numbers. Huh. Um, and also like some of the most absolutely insane fight sequences you will ever see like rivals like bunkers tony jaw stuff like it is but it also has amazing choreography a really good story it's completely subtitles ray stevenson is in this Uh, also the woman who plays elsa from indiana jones and the last crusade is in it um they have English speaking roles. This movie is in, I've seen only half of this movie and it's one of my favorite movies of the year. It is the most expensive movie ever made in India. And also the most, the biggest box office hit in Indian history. It has, th- the movie starts three different times. They literally, um, there are motorcycle fight sequences. Uh, like I said, insane dance battle sequences. It is has to be seen to be believed. RRR, the most batshit crazy, awesome movie you'll ever see. I'm ser- dead serious. It is long, though. It's like three hours. It's an epic. I think there's intermission. I was told there's an intermission in the movie. It's so worth doing. Um, and as someone who grew up in a very predominantly Indian area, like I've always seen movie, like clips of movies and stuff. So like to immerse back in, it was pretty wild for me. Um, as for me on social media, if you must follow me, it's just a bunch of random references. Only Amanda would get, but she doesn't have Twitter, so she won't get them. Uh, it's mm-hmm. at Bodkin writes. The other part is retweets and posts from thepopbreak.com, which at the end of this year will be end of this month, I should say, will be celebrating 13 years. Uh, we just had a whole bunch of like really awesome concert coverage and interviews. We Al interviewed Phoenix, his favorite goddamn band of all time uh we shot rammstein at gillette stadium <laughs> the first That's amazing it absolutely like we haven't shot in massachusetts for years and we got to gillette stadium uh we just shot the ain't no picnic festival we got lcd sound system and the strokes amongst many others uh one day i'll send ben to an edm festival 
I'll do, I will do that for you. Just find me a, find me an application. Um, and of course, this weekend, Al and I will be covering the See Here Now Music Festival in Asbury Park, which could be headlined by Green Day, Stevie Nicks, Gary Clark Jr., and My Morning Jacket. Uh, a whole bunch of other awesome bands on that. So we'll be around there. So if you're in Asbury Park and you see both of us sweating, running around, say hi. Um, as for thepopbreak.com, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at thepopbreak. Um, you can also check out all the great stuff on thepopbreak.com. Check out the Breakcast. And the winner still is um, Pop Break TV, Way Too Early Oscar Podcast, and Social Distance on all your favorite streaming platforms. So that's it for the 125th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast. Uh, join us next week, or we will definitely have an episode. Yeah, I don't know what we're doing, is what I'm saying. We'll do something. Oh, no, we're talking about See Here Now. So, yeah, definitely going to have an episode. Bye.